0: Okay, the glitter, no glitter. All the glitter. Use all no. of it. Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. My name is Brian Prilliman. Uh I will be your host this evening. Uh I am joined by Broken.
1: Hello. Also, what the only host? I'm I can I can host too. Well, I'll, I'll be the
0: host this evening.
1: Okay. Can, okay. All yeah. right. Deal.
0: You know, uh, this is this is episode one hundred and seventy-five, uh, and tonight we are going to be talking about. As a player graduating or going to your first comp relevant, and how it's different from what you might be used to at uh, at FNM, and joining us for this podcast uh, is someone who can can help with the player perspective. Uh, that would be from the mana pool, Mike Shiver. Hello, Mike. Hello, everyone. Uh, so, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. So you
2: are uh, one of the hosts of uh, a podcast called The Manipool, right? Right. The Manipool. It's a, it's a casual-centric podcast. We just talk about whatever we want, you know, whatever love of the game type topic we can think of. But we also do a little bit of news, and we always talk about previews when it's preview season. But, yeah, we've been going for, goodness gracious, a very long time. Um, hey, you
0: guys are coming uh, up on episode 500 right
2: yeah that's true we're in the 460s right now so it won't be too much longer goodness wow. gracious
0: that's uh that's
2: almost a decade right yeah it is we do one a week um and there have been a few weeks where we've uh taken off either because of holidays or because someone has been on a trip or just because all of us were um feeling terrible and <laughs> just feeling feel like terrible, <laughs> yeah <laughs> So
0: one of the one of the things uh, the Mana Pool was one of the first Magic podcasts that I started listening to uh, way back. I, I want to say you guys were still in the double digits, mm-hmm. um, and really it's just you guys talk about the, the the aspects of the the aspects of the game that you love. You're not you're not analyzing uh, the standard meta. You're not talking about the value and the prices of cards, although you you do occasionally talk about those things. Uh, you guys do Mad Libs and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. story circles, magic related. You, you do the history of the
2: band and restricted list. So oh, yeah, that's just... been a fun one recently. Where we had Lance on to help us out, and I guess we need to do another one soon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you not? Uh, did you? You guys stopped with uh, the introduction of modern, right?
2: Right, we did, and it turns it. And like when I look back at it, part one and part two covered about. Seven years of game time each, so we might just need, unless the conversation gets really dense, we might only need a part three to catch up to the to today. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, uh, so let's let's get into the 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 main discussion. So, what we're going to be talking about is uh, from both a player perspective. Uh, or, or specifically from a player perspective, moving from uh, an F and M environment to a competitive rules enforcement level, which is PPTQs and uh, and GPS, because they're they're very very different. They can be a little bit daunting. So so first uh, let's let's talk about you know just kind of like set the baseline for what a, what an F and M is. Um, so uh, F and Ms are done at what's called a regular rules enforcement level. That's that's Basically how we uh, handle issues and problems uh, that might come up as as judges. Um, As a player, you're going to know these as your F&Ms, your pre-releases, your game days.
1: Your basically average store event, like regularly scheduled, come in, play magic sort of event at, at your local store.
0: Yeah. so Mike where do you where do you play do you, you play Fm fairly fairly regular don't you
2: I, I used to a lot more than I have in recent months I was like last year I was going almost every week but there's just been some other stuff going on the past few months but yeah, I go I go play at uh, lucky's in Greensboro North Carolina mostly because it's the one closest to where I live <laughs> <laughs> okay but also because yeah. I like it there
1: and to be fair like like not all not all fms are created equal Um For example, where I live in Richmond, there are, I think, five stores that I could get to pretty easily, and they're all different depending on how many players I want to be around, how many, how sort of competitive the people around me are, the prize structure, different things Mm -hmm. like that. It really, it, it did not all... They're all run at the at regular rules enforcement, but the environment you can expect at different stores are not always going to be the same. Right?
0: There's a there's a one store by me where they they'll have like 50 players, and then two miles up in the road uh, up the road they'll have. Um, you know, 16 players for draft, and mm-hmm. standard may or may not may not be happening. Uh, but the the cool thing uh, uh, about regular rules enforcement level is it's it's open and accessible to players of all skill levels. So this is this is kind of your starting off point of you are a player who may not be super familiar with the rules, but you want to get into into playing in a in a tournament. It's Friday night. Let's go out and play some magic. Uh, maybe maybe win a few packs. Uh, they got these sweet promos that you you might get if you do well enough.
1: Um, I've never but... won an an F and M promo. No, oh,
0: that's too bad. bad.
1: Well, it's because I because I always play in like sealed or like I always play in events that are not actually F and M. So I never get to go get sweet promos.
0: Uh, so it, it is, uh, the tournaments are, are generally relaxed. They've got a, a, a show up and play kind of feel to them. Like FNM is going to start at seven. Uh, generally the events are going to start later in the, in the evening or, or at least FNM starts on Friday evening, <laughs> Friday night. Um, and they're really relaxed. Uh, you may or may not have an identify, uh, a person identified as a judge. Uh, it might be the guy behind the counter. Uh, who answers the rules questions? It might just be the guy or uh, the other player who is, you know, two seats down from you is the rules person. Right. Uh, it
1: might just be the person in the store who is the most familiar with the game and just knows how to run it. So
0: is that Mike? Is that you at, uh, at Lucky's when you go?
2: No, not at Lucky's. That used to be me back at uh, the Toy Factory in Hillsboro. Um, back when I was in high school and college, but at Lucky's, you know, there's a there's a couple of players who know their stuff, and I think Lucky still has his L1 certification. I'm not sure, but I know that he used to uh, have that. I don't know if he's kept it up, but usually he's the one who uh, resolves judge calls, okay. the owner and the TO.
0: Yeah, and that's and you're gonna find that at a lot of a lot of stores, they they'll either the store owner or one of the employees is a level one judge and they'll enter in the, the results, which may or may not have match slips. You know, they may pass out match slips or it might just be, you go up to the counter and tell them what you got.
1: Right. You mm-hmm. and, and stand uh, pairings may just be, Hey, shout out. Uh, Marie and Joseph are playing like, and you sit down and you play.
2: Um,
0: May start on time. You know, it's,
1: <laughs> may, may or may not. Um, and uh, like like I, w- I was mentioning earlier, they're, they're, they're different structures. A lot of sort of regular REL events like this don't have like a top eight. It's just Swiss rounds and uh, prizes based on or uh, like a, a set number of Swiss rounds or, and uh, prizes based on that record. I have seen these events with top eights but i know that uh, overall most people prefer to not do that because if you do you're gonna end up being there until who knows how late
2: yeah yeah and a lot of that depends on the people at the shop and what they want to do like the people that go to like uh, the events at gaming underground in high point they'll cut to top eight for anything (laughs) i mean if 10 people show up there's a good chance there's those, some of those guys are going to want it cut to top eight. Oh, you know, yeah, if you took food orders, they'd probably all want pizza because it's cut <laughs> in eight, you know?
1: Uh-huh.
0: That, that is, yeah, that's, that's one of the frustrating things. Cause I think, I think most, the only people that really want a top eight are like the six players who are pretty sure that they are going to make it into the top eight. Right. Yeah.
1: The, um, the hyper competitive people who have a tendency to, to win these sort of things.
0: Yeah. Um, one one of the other things uh, that's kind of laid back about F is uh, they don't have deck lists. in uh, In the case of like a draft and a pre release, you can change your deck between rounds, uh, so you don't have to start in the same configuration that you that you came in that you came with. So so all of this, uh, one of the other things, and one of the big things that we use to to determine that that lets us get away with this ca- the casual atmosphere is that prizes are. Typically not significant enough uh, to justify a lot of, you know, strict enforcement of rules and tracking of penalties and stuff like that because, you know, you're winning the, you know, 10 packs, 20 packs, something, something, you know, 15 packs, something, something like that. You know, the stakes aren't really high. It's not an invite to the pro tour or anything like that.
1: Right. You're it's these are the events you go to 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 play magic with other people. In a controlled environment, and feel like you're doing something like fun, as opposed to I am going to try to win this big, crazy, awesome prize.
2: Yeah, and since so many FMs are either uh, since so many constructed FMs are either free or only a minimal cost, the prize payout uh, the prize payout is going to be kind of light anyway, compared to events with a substantial entry fee.
0: Yeah, I, I know that one of the one of the places that does F and M here, it's like five dollars entry, and your entry comes with a slice of pizza and a soda for everybody. Oh, nice! So, right? So,
1: oh, I want it. You
0: know, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool.
2: Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and like there used to be a shop in Kernersville; it's closed now. But even though the entry for F and M was like ten bucks, everyone got a pack for participating, and the prize payout at the end was completely insane. <laughs>
1: Yeah, a lot of yeah. places will do the their prizes like X number per like entry just mm-hmm. to to keep it consistent based on the number of people who have entered and what they've paid. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm I'm a big fan like a regular I'm a big fan of prizes based on on record at the end of Swiss as opposed to any sort of top eight
1: mm-hmm. thing. Oh yeah. I there's a there's a store around here that, that does top top whatever for everything and I'm like I it's not if everyone's going to, to to chop at the end anyway, why do you bother yeah. doing that?
0: And and before we start talking about uh, uh, competitive, I just want to say that there's a special place in hell for people that run top eights at, at pre releases.
1: <laughs> Hot things, uh, Brian Brilliman.
0: What? I mean, they're re- really, you 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 you're, you're bad
1: people. <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> I don't actually mean that.
1: No, I, I, I do but agree I, I that it's it's just not I don't see the point of having a top eight at an F and M. No, I really don't. Oh, at any yeah. rate, so, at any rate, yes, uh, so, on the so other comp, side of the coin,
0: comprel events. Uh, so these are uh, with with GPTs uh, moving to regular and now moving to gone. The the comprel oh, yeah. events that most people are going to be familiar with are either PPTQs uh, in a, in. At least on the, the East Coast now, uh, Star City Opens or, uh, GPs. Uh, and those are, those are two, uh, there's three of them, but they're mostly two completely different animals. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that have a similar structure. So, uh, what, what makes, what graduates an event from a, a regular REL event to a competitive REL event and all the infrastructure that that holds is typically, the prizes are more significant uh, and when you increase increase prizes you increase the incentive to
1: maybe maybe do
0: some stuff <laughs> maybe, pull around a bit
1: maybe do some stuff
0: maybe do some stuff that that isn't uh, that isn't quite on the the up and up also Whereas at F&Ms, if you, if you call for a judge and the judge kind of looks at the, the situation, they're able to make a, a judgment call as to what's going on. Uh, with comp rel events, people travel to them. They go to multiple comp rel events. So we want to in, ensure some consistency. So we have this whole document that tells us how to handle problems mm-hmm. so that theoretically to, uh, a person in Japan and a person in Chicago, if they do the same thing, they'll get the same ruling.
2: Yeah, and there is documentation for regular rules enforcement level, but there's there's a lot of stuff left up to the judge to to make a call in the moment. Because at regular REL, the point is to help everyone have fun and to educate players if they have questions or if something goes wrong. Exactly.
1: There, there, because there's so much more at stake. Uh, well, in most circumstances, at competitive REL, there's going to be a greater focus on how um as Brian said like the consistency of the ruling across events as well as a sort of edited tracking what uh, penalties to track what people have uh have done additionally this is a definitely 100% hypothetical future episode of uh yeah. of uh penalties so
0: <laughs> yes maybe possibly even an episode that might have uh, had a recording problem that we're still trying to save um, so let's let's talk before so you decide that you want to go to an FNM or a, oh, sorry not an FNM. a PPTQ or a GP or a star city open or uh, I think Europe has some some tournament series as well mm-hmm. um, what are what are some kind of things that 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 you as a player, or just players in general would want to know before even parking their car at the event. You asking me? I uh, well, I'm asking the ether.
1: <laughs> it's a question for the class. Okay. Who's question for the class?
2: Yeah. Send us an email with your questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, you're you're usurping Jess. He uh, he's not here, so you have to you have to be Jess.
0: Uh, um. Well,
1: well, well, at least at least for for from my perspective. From the, the sort of uh, I don't know what how to how to phrase it the not actually at the tournament but before you and as a preparatory thing to know um, competitive REL events are generally like full day or full weekend ordeals um, like multiple either a Grand Prix day one Grand Prix t- day two or SCG things like that you are gonna wanna Make for sure, like, certain you know what time the event starts, and be there on time, uh, because the tournament will not wait for you.
0: I'd even suggest be there before on time.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Before on time. And also, please eat breakfast. Please, please eat breakfast.
0: So, uh, Mike, what's what's the furthest you've ever traveled to an event?
2: The furthest I've ever traveled to an event? I don't know whether it was... Down to Orlando or up to Edison, New Jersey.
0: Okay, which one distance wise is farther? So you're in you're in North Carolina then, right? Yes, so, I am. So so that might actually be just right in in between.
1: That's a, hmm. that's a pretty good middle ground between the two. I can't actually yeah. Figure out.
0: visualize. Yeah. Yeah. So so for for an event that you had to travel to, obviously mm-hmm. you had to make you had to make travel plans, uh, maybe get a hotel.
2: Yeah, you know, probably. Hotel.
0: Unless you're one of those uh, you pile like five judges or five judges, five players into a car and then you just go and then you rotate driving all night. Like who's doing that?
2: <sighs> no, I'm, I'm not as young or stupid as I used to be.
1: Is it too old for that.
0: Okay, good. I'll, I'll tell you right now, so here's, here's a trick for, for players that, that might be thinking about traveling long distances. Um, if you arrange a car full of, of magic players, about half of them are going to cancel on you uh, 20 minutes before you're supposed to leave.
1: Or, like, as you're going to pick them up.
0: Right. And hopefully, hopefully the one that cancels on you isn't the one that was going to drive.
1: <laughs> are you speaking from experience, Brian?
0: Um, I... Yes.
1: <laughs> Were you the canceller um, or the cancelee?
0: No, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say that I have a longstanding rule of not making travel arrangements, either hotel or car, with Magic players.
1: Yeah, that's real. Uh,
0: it's, it's unfortunate that I have to have that bias, but uh, I've, I've been educated the, the hard way too many times that um, they're, they're, they're not as motivated to go to the event as I am. Mm -hmm. there's Uh,
1: less incentive like if you're just going to play you're not like locked in
0: right right you can decide not to go but if you're you know a team lead um (laughs) or or the head judge uh you kind of have to be there
1: um
0: Uh, so yeah so definitely definitely um less less so for uh a PPTQ, you know, you're probably not going to drive more than an hour and a half to a mm-hmm. PPTQ, uh, maybe four to five hours for an open, and then you might travel, you know, halfway across the country for a, well, depending on the country, uh, for, for a GP.
2: You might yeah, it might, it might end up being a weekend vacation to go to a GP.
1: I've, right. I love that, like, GPs have gotten this sort of feel of, like, a, like mini conventions, almost, where it's not just the the grand prix, like side events are a thing. There's cosplayers. It's it's. I like the the environments that are surrounding mm-hmm. GPs these days.
0: Right, and that and that kind of leads to the the completely different feel of a PPTQ versus a a GP. GPs are going to be in probably downtown somewhere, uh, a large conference conference center, mm. huge huge room, uh, a thousand tables, maybe more. The PPTQ is going to be uh, somewhere between sixteen to sixty players, depending.
1: I haven't I haven't had one over forty since they were, or like since the first weekend they were a thing.
0: But they're both they're both going to be uh, some things that they things that you are going to want to do for for either of them is make travel plans accordingly, eat food. Plan plan on how you're going to take care of lunch. Maybe put some some snacks in your bag or something along those
2: lines. Mm-hmm. Because there there at there is no lunch break, or at least travel with someone who's responsible enough to put snacks in their bag.
1: <laughs> there's always the 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 mom friend who has the the, the bag full of granola bars.
2: Right uh, there, there
0: is a there's a thing at uh you know sometimes players at a at a PPTQ that might ask like, hey, is there a lunch break? And it's like ah.
1: I wish, it,
0: yeah, just win faster, you know. And then you, I've heard of
2: I've heard of those in some places in Europe and Asia, but no, nowhere around here. Really. Mm-hmm.
0: So there was I, I gotta I gotta tell this this story. <laughs> um, this was many many years ago. For the, when there was a there were PTQs. Uh, there was a player that uh, got very very aggressive with the head judge, and uh, got kicked out of the event. Uh, because they were being so aggressive. And they ended up uh, repenting, I guess, feeling terrible about it. And they bought pizza for the whole tournament. (laughs) And so so he comes back, and he's got all the pizza.
1: Apology pizza.
0: Apology pizza. And he asks if he can give the pizza to the tournament. And the head judge, uh, one Ben McDowell, um, (laughs) says says, yes, yes, you may, but not thinking ahead as to what disruption there's going to be when <laughs> this player announces to the entire room there's free pizza up at the front of the store.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> um, there's this loud sound of all the chairs in the room sliding backwards as the players run to the front of the store. A
1: feeding frenzy of magic players feeding... on the pizza. Yes.
0: Yes. Mid-round, by the way. <laughs> the middle. It's not, uh, you know, it's like 20 minutes oh, remaining on the clock.
1: Gosh. Yeah. That's...
2: So, that's, was the player actually getting his revenge?
1: That's what I was uh, thinking. Was like, was this not actually an apology pizza? Was no, revenge I think it was, pizza?
2: it was a legit apology pizza. It was just one of
0: these you hadn't really planned for, it, you didn't really expect it, <laughs> and... You know, it's one of those great, uh, you know, like situations they talk about deviations. You know, you're not supposed to do it unless significant and exceptional. It's well,
1: significant and exceptional.
0: Three quarters of the players, um, running up to the front and then realizing there's no plates for the pizzas either. <laughs> okay. 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 That's, a, that's a digression. Um, so, uh, you know, food or, or make friends with a, a mom-like person. Uh, who will bring food in, you know, that might be more long-term plans. Like you say, like, oh, I, I've got a GP that I'm going to go to in two months, three months. I need to go make a friend.
1: I need to go uh, gain some friends.
0: Right. Who who will remember to, um, it might be easier to just remember to pack a bag. Yeah, also,
1: again, please, please eat breakfast. Please. Like, I, I don't, that's like the number one problem I see of people like frantically having to worry about food because they didn't eat breakfast.
0: Right. And, and at FNM, you might be playing in, like, a strip mall or something like that, and there's probably, like, a food place. Like, you just go outside, walk down two shops, and there's a... Ch- chicken Nuggets. A, a Chicken Nuggets place. Yes, a tender's. Um <laughs> yeah. or, or something along those lines. Um, so you might be able to just, you know, if you finish your match, you know, and then there's... You know, ten minutes remaining on the clock. Well, you just run next door. You come back and you still have that five minutes to wolf down your food. Um, maybe not so much at a uh, at a GP.
1: Yeah, do do uh. as much as you can if you finish up early. Like, go to the bathroom before the the round. That way, you're not squirming. You know, fifteen minutes into the round, having to call a judge over and watch your stuff while you go to the bathroom. You yeah. can do it, but that time is going to be be tracked. So.
0: So so something else to remember before the event, especially... And, and not, a, not in a creepy way, but in a bookkeeping
1: way. We're, like, awkwardly timing how fast you can go to the bathroom to the second.
0: Uh, well, I mean, you know, you got to know whether you're giving a two-minute extension or a one-minute extension, right? Moving on. <laughs> okay, so another thing uh, that you need to make sure that you have um, is you want to have, if it's a constructed event, you want to have your deck list. Uh, competitive comp rel events, competitive rle events require a deck list. So you are going to want to have your deck list already. You, you want to know what you're going to play, uh, and you want to have your deck list with you. Um, GPs, a lot of them actually have the ability to submit deck lists online. Also, oh, also uh, GPs uh, require pre-registration now. Yeah,
1: so, don't, don't show up Saturday morning trying to sign up for the GP.
2: Yeah, you can't do that anymore.
1: Mike, were you at were
0: you at GP Charlotte about four years ago?
2: Yes, I was. There were so many amazing things that happened that day.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> the the reason why we don't accept signups at GPs the morning of uh, is GP Charlotte because I think I I want to say we ended up getting like a thousand players wanting to register right before the
2: event started. Yeah, it was it was a record breaking event. In terms of magic events, um, it had to start late because you guys had to
1: add tables. Uh,
2: yeah, steal you guys had, to, had to steal tables and chairs from the vendors and take chairs from other places in the convention center. And I think it was also after that event that the um, day one round limit got instated.
0: Uh, yeah, because the the event started late mm-hmm. and it had uh, it was like uh, I think they had ten rounds that day, and then they had the eleventh round. Sunday morning uh, had to make Sunday
2: two cuts morning day two. Right, Ooh. there were two cuts. Right, it was and the only time anyone in our group on the Manipool has made day two of a GP, it was it was Brian, our Brian, and he made day two like in the hardest way possible at that Grand Prix.
0: Oof. Right, that so, is spicy. So so F and M's. Uh, so before you should before you and this this holds for PPTQs also. So um, it is possible that the event might cap. Okay. Theoretically, every event has a cap.
1: Mm-hmm. So just be be aware and don't put signing up for things off until the last minute because you don't want to be the saddest person because the event capped.
2: Yeah, even for something like a a, a PPTQ, because I remember, because um, there might just be not enough room in the store to hold past a certain number of people. There was one uh, one time. Let's see, Manipole Brian, and I went up to you know we're we drove two and a half hours up to. Asheville to go to. I can't remember if it was when they were still PTQs or a PPTQ. But we got up there and because we hadn't tried to register beforehand we ended up on the waiting list for the event after driving for two and a half hours and we were just barely able to make it in. We just got lucky. That's- so yeah, even if you have the opportunity to pre-register for the PPTQ, if you know you're going to go, go ahead and do that. Yeah, Just be sure.
1: Yeah, I, I used to play at a store that in, in Boston that was everything capped. Like You needed to sign up for everything ahead of time or else you were you were not getting in.
0: One, one other thing about showing up, uh, and this is more recent, um, stores don't have the ability to look up your DCI number anymore. Not by name, no. Not by name. So if you show up uh, at a store that you haven't played at before or one of these larger events, maybe on the Friday before and you want to register, they're going to say, what's your DCI number? And you're going to say... I have it right here, because if you don't <laughs> say I have it right here, you're going to have to get a new DCI number.
1: And then merge them after, and it'll be awkward.
0: Right. And um, not only is it going to be awkward, you're not going to, because you don't.
1: Because <laughs> you just don't.
0: Because you just don't. Right.
1: Um, a- another, so this is, I'm surprised we haven't brought this up already, um, but uh, because at Competitive REL you can't have your phone out, Um, don't go in trying to, like, track your life total or anything like that on your phone. Bring a pen and paper to keep your life total. Bring a playmat if you want it. Bring dice. Bring whatever you think that you might need to play magic and keep track of everything to the best of your ability. Because the more you can keep an accurate eye on the game, the better things are going to be for you if there's a, a judge call where something weird happened. If you can back up what has happened and explain it, like it's gonna make your life a lot easier.
0: So so Mike, when you go when you go to GPs and stuff, mm-hmm. how much uh, and I'll say extra stuff do you bring? Like there's the stuff that you need just to play the game. Okay. Correct. Which is your your playmat, your deck, some some tokens, some dice. Mm-hmm. Um and you, you're going to probably put that stuff in a bag.
2: But what what other stuff do you bring or do you? Uh, I do bring a pen and a life pad, if I remember. If I don't remember, then there's usually some I can get there.
1: The old at the nap- napkin life total? <laughs> I've been there.
2: <laughs> now, sometimes some of the vendors have little um, promo pads and pens that they yeah. get out. Well, sometimes uh, the TOs have those too. But yeah, I bring a pad and paper to write stuff down. I usually have a bottle of water in my backpack. Also, just because it's nice to have one of those.
1: Oh, also extra sleeves. Bring those.
2: Oh, yeah. Extra sleeves. Just to... And if you can, just go ahead. If it's a constructed event, if it's any kind of event, just go ahead and get new sleeves beforehand. Or make sure the sleeves you bring are nice. Because if they're crummy or they start splitting or they're too dirty, you might run into problems. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> Clues almost disqualified me from, oh, no. <laughs> from an offense term. He,
1: he didn't precise. know he
2: didn't know it was me. Yeah, he didn't know it was me until much later. He heard about the investigation while he was taking his lunch break. But <laughs> I had made a mistake with some sleeves where, like the main deck sleeves, were you know worn in and whatnot. But the sleeves that the cyborg card- cards. Cards were, in, were much cleaner, Pristine. and the night before, I had made some changes to the deck that involved sideboard cards moving to the main. So, yeah, they they deck checked me, and it looked really freaking bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one of the one of the other things that I,
0: I wanted to maybe ask about is, do you bring like a trade binder? or
2: an EDH deck or something like that. I do, I do bring a trade binder, even though I don't know the last time I actually used it, but I do bring one just in case. And I do bring some EDH decks to play, um, okay. either pick up games or to join a pod in one of the side events. All right. So that, that is
0: something, especially especially at the larger events, uh, the larger GPs, uh, or just the larger events, The uh, you, you need to make a decision as to whether or not you are or are not going to bring your trade binder. If you don't think that you're going to be trading, it's actually safer just to leave that at home. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, and less bulky and less of a pain to carry around. Right, and and if if something unfortunate, you know, uh, players do have a tendency to forget things at tables or other more unfortunate things happen. Um, so you want to make sure that what you're what you're carrying with you, if that if if it serves a purpose for you carrying it around, right. like it's not just you didn't just bring it. Just in case, uh, you want to make sure that what you what you brought with you has it has a purpose and serves a purpose. Yeah,
1: make a, make make a make a decision on what you bring with you and make sure it's stuff that you need to have with you and aren't afraid to ne- keep an eye on. All
2: right. Yeah, uh, like it, like you don't need to bring your modern decks unless you plan on like if it's a GP unless you plan on joining a modern side. You don't need to bring a a legacy deck unless you plan on joining a legacy side or something like that. Yep.
0: And so probably I would say like the last thing that I would I would say for and this is for either a GP or a, a PPTQ is have a plan to get home in case you do well or do poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you make it into the top eight of a PPTQ and the car that you came with. Like like in an F and M, if you do poorly, you probably came maybe from work or you drove straight from home because it was a pretty short distance. But these other events, you drove a long way. You came with other people, yeah. and they might exit. They might drop out of the event early, or they might go all the way to the top eight. And your schedules don't necessarily align. So if everyone else is, goes, you know, O three drop, and you make it into the top eight. What's what's gonna happen?
1: Yeah, there's a yeah. there's a reasonably uh, well known magic player who I ha- had to give him a second before a top eight started uh, for an SCG event because he had to call his wife to have her rebook his flight because he was going to miss it if he top eighted, and he did. So he had to he had to book <laughs> a new flight home.
2: Yeah, going back to that. GP in Charlotte several years ago. You know, Brian didn't make any plans for a hotel to stay overnight after he made the first cut today too, so he had to end up, you know, crashing with me and Chewy and Bill in the room we had booked and, you know, paying us back later <laughs> for his share. Worth it. Yep. So, so at the event,
0: like so this has all been like pre-planning, pre-planning stuff. So at the event itself, uh, some some differences um Uh, the, the, the pairings are definitely going to be physical. Uh, they're going to be, they're going to go up for the, there's going to be, you know, one or two locations at, if it's a PPTQ three to four, if it's a, if it's an open, maybe 12 to 13, if it's, if it's a GP, Mm -hmm. those pairings are going to be up and they may be letter ranged based on your last name. Uh, so you will find a pairings board, the, the M pairings board, and that will be your pairing board for, the, the rest of the event. Yep. It doesn't change.
1: Find the what letter range corresponding with the first letter of your last name. And that's right. going to be basically for any larger event. Yep.
0: And it, depending on the, the TO, they may also be online. So you may be able to check on your phone I would I would highly recommend that. Now that's not going to happen at at RPTQs. Sorry, not our PPTQs. But generally, you're just going to stick it on the you know one of the walls or something like that, and you can go up and, and look at the pairings. It's not going to be called out. Uh, there's also going to be a player meeting, which I don't believe there typically is. Those at, at least any of the FNMs that I've been to. No. So
1: generally so player meet. Go ahead.
0: I was, yeah, I was going to say the, the player meeting is where the head judge gives all the announcements uh, regarding how things are going to go for the day. Typically, it's a welcome. It's going to let you know how many players are in the event, how many, how many rounds there's going to be, what the tardiness policy is going to be uh, for the PPTQ. Uh, if there's maybe there's a single specific ruling that's given people problems like a few months ago it would have been. This is how the combat shortcut works. You know, might incorporate <laughs> itself into into an announcement uh, before the event begins. If it's going to be a limited event, they're going to seat you. The, the The player meeting is going to be for build, and they're going to explain how that's going to work. So it's very important that you listen to these announcements and 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 yeah, just listen.
1: It's also generally where if there's any. Swag to be distributed. Uh, that's when you can collect that. Um, it's just basically to, to also when deck lists are collected generally, just to have a yep. quick discussion announcements when everyone's actually still listening because once everyone starts playing Magic, they're not listening anymore.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, also, and this this might be something uh, I'm going to look look to you, Mike, because I haven't I haven't been to a GP as a player, but. Uh, Judges like moving around the floor and stuff like that. I mean, is is their presence? Uh, hopefully, their presence is being felt as they're moving around, asking questions and that kind of that kind of thing. I'm talking about before we actually get into like round one, round two. I mean, mm-hmm. are, they, are they visible? Not visible? Uh, what's what's your take on that?
2: Uh, yeah, I definitely see you all going around doing your thing, especially before round one because they're still everyone's still in kind of the. Oh, God mode, you know, trying to make sure <laughs> everything gets started properly. Um,
0: yeah, so that's that's a uh, a big difference uh, between FNMs and PPTQs and, and GPs is the judges are there and in uniform uh, at a, at an FNM. We actually encourage the, the judge might be playing, uh, might be the person behind the counter, probably isn't wearing any sort of judge shirt or anything like that. The judge They're the just,
1: paraphernalia. Yeah,
0: you know they're they're you know they're not wearing their hats at the pre-releases and stuff like that, or maybe they are. Maybe that's their thing. Um, so that's the, we we try to obviously uh, wear a uniform so that you can tell who the who the who the judges are, and to have a physical presence out on the floor. Yeah, so, and at
2: regular REL events are the only ones where you know judges working the events can actually be enrolled as players. At, at competitive and above they're they're working they're just there to do yeah. their judge thing yeah
0: and and the reason kind of goes with the same logic as to why there's regular and why there's there's comp it's it's the the conflict of interest at an F uh, or the potential for a conflict of interest is so much lower, you know. As, as instead of uh, you don't want to have your tournament officials participating in the tournament to win, you know, mm-hmm. invites to the pro tour, several thousand dollars, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, but if it's if it's just at at a, an F level and the 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 takeaway is like two packs, four packs, eh?
1: eh. You're you're not going to be so terrified of the the consequences of having a judge both playing and running that event
2: right
0: right no and i i say this no judge no judge is going to throw their reputation away for two packs of aether revolt
1: Uh, (laughs)
0: uh, we're dragon's maze
1: uh dark ascension Uh,
0: dark ascension so the event's gonna the the event's gonna begin the head judge is gonna start every round they're going there's gonna be a clock up there maybe multiple clocks uh, at a PPTQ where you can have some stores, maybe they're not going to have, maybe they're not going to have a clock that's counting down the round. The head judge is going to at that particular point say the time is, you know, 12 o'clock. This round will end at 1250. That, that's kind of you need to. Record that time, write that time down. If if there's if there's no clock, so that you can check your watch and see how much time's left. If you still wear a watch, and then after that, it's just the rounds going, and there's judges moving around, uh, moving around the event, watching magic, and there may be a problem that occurs, and you may, if if that happens, we're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna call for a judge and get a judge involved.
1: Yeah, uh, don't please don't be afraid to call a judge. Like if there's anything you think is weird happening, you and your opponent have a disagreement about something that happened, you just you're not quite sure what's if something weird happened, just please don't be afraid. Raise your hand, call a judge.
2: Yeah, and don't um don't fall for any perceived stigma about calling a judge. Calling a judge isn't for the purpose of you know getting getting phone. someone yeah, getting someone got. It's you know <laughs> oh, something went wrong. Uh, oops! Help, you know, help us fix this. There's yeah. a question. Help me uh, know what the answer is. Yeah.
0: Right the 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 stigma the stigma might be, and and I've seen some players try and use this. Is why do you need to call a judge. I'm not trying to cheat.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a good person. I'm not doing anything wrong. Don't you trust me? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's and not they a, probably
2: are a good person, but someone screwed up. So yeah, it's
1: not a lack of trust thing. It's a we want to, to know for sure what's happening here, and if something weird's going on, might as well get an outside perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So we, we, you know, call for us if you have a question, call if you have a problem. We're, our job is to help get the game back on track. So if there's if there's a disagreement as to as to a rules interaction or, you know, you cast the spell for the wrong mana and you realize it a turn later, please come and help us uh, or come get us involved in that. Because we have all these policies and procedures that help us resolve that issue in a fair and consistent way that it's and it's not an accusation of guilt. We do not get in, solely get involved when uh, when we suspect someone of cheating.
1: We're there to sort of get, get an idea of what happened and figure out how to make the game go again.
0: If someone calls a judge on you, they're not accusing you of cheating or not necessarily. I mean, they might be, yeah. but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know,
2: 99% of the time it's not personal,
0: right? 99% of the time it's, it's, Hey, that shouldn't have happened. And you go, Oh, right. Whoops. And then they call for a judge. Oops. And they call for a judge. Now, let's actually talk about the awkward situation where maybe maybe you're a new player and you do think your opponent's cheating, but you haven't done one of these comp relevance before and you don't really you aren't really sure what to do a neat uh, a neat trick is to actually ask to speak to the judge away from the table okay and just be like, "Hey, I think my opponent's doing this." And what we'll do is we'll use it and say like, okay, your opponent, you know, oh, you have a rules question. Okay, that's the that's the the thing they want to ask a rules question away from the table. You tell us what your what the real concern is, um, and then we'll act accordingly. But when you go back to the table, you're like, okay, your opponent, you know, your opponent had a rules question. We got that taken care of, and you guys can continue on and play. And then we will work to address whatever that concern is. Uh, from that point on, so there is a way where you can avoid the awkwardness if you think some, if you do think that your opponent is is doing something a little shady, and you want to alert a judge because that is one of the that is one of our responsibilities is to is to get the dirty, filthy cheaters out of the event.
1: You can also take like take a card with you when you walk away from the table and like point at it like you're talking about the card, <laughs> except you're not.
0: Oh, I've I've absolutely pantomimed uh items, objects on the stack resolving while talking about while talking about like someone shuffle you know, suspected shuffle cheats. I'm just like, okay, so here's a trigger's gonna go on the stack here, and another trigger's gonna go on top. And that's what my hands are my hands are making these little stacking motions. And in reality I'm talking I'm just saying like, okay, tell me what you saw when you observed the shuffling.
1: Awesome. <laughs> um Yes. Uh, relatedly to, like, shuffling or whatever, um, if you get deck checked, it's not because we think you're a super sketchy, shady, cheater person. It's because we check decks. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, they press the button to generate a random table, and your name pops up, and they go check your deck. Yeah. So
0: some, Sometimes sometimes they just call out, hey, I need a random table, and you go, uh, 23!
1: I definitely <laughs> had that happen, where someone's like, give me a number, and I'm like, uh... 46 and it turned out that both of the players were people that I knew. Oh. At a, at like a not local event, like halfway <laughs> across the
0: country. Right. Um, so so deck checks is is something that can happen at a competitive REL event. And whereas at the beginning we told you that there were there were deck lists, um, we collect those deck lists and we do random checks throughout the day to make sure that your the deck that you're playing matches the list that you turned in.
1: Yeah, so. it's, it's nothing it personal about your deck that we think there's a problem with it for the most part. It's, let's look at these deck lists and compare them to the decks and make sure that things are good to go.
0: We will absolutely comment about when we go back, so we'll take your decks. Uh, we want your deck and your sideboard, and we're going to go back and we're gonna, we're going to look through it. And compare it to the lists and bring it back, and then give you an appropriate time extension so that you can shuffle and get going. While we're back there, what we're doing is is we're laughing about your mana base choices and uh, your, your, showing your,
1: land, uh, your your card art choices.
0: Right, and if you and if you whiteboarded your Zendikar fetches, um, we're going to show some people and make some judgment calls about you as a person.
1: I saw yeah. somebody who who had like who's playing all all he was like playing death and taxes or something and all of his planes were like different styles and arts like white border black border new frame old frame different arts and I made a bunch of people upset by uh, sharing that with the class
0: I love that that person's my hero <laughs> <laughs> just because it upsets people so much
1: oh, yeah, it, it's it's incredibly tilting for some reason <laughs>
0: Okay, um, so when when the judge when the so the judge comes over and helps resolve the problem, there may be a so they're going to describe to you. Okay, this is this is what happened. If it's a rules question, they'll just answer it. But if they have to fix something, typically what they're going to do is they're going to describe. Okay, this is an infraction. Okay, there's there's a problem. Uh, we're going to fix it this way, uh, and they're they're going to describe the fix. And then the, there's also the possibility of getting uh, what's called a penalty. Okay. The 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 typical penalties are just warnings, which is basically a we write down on a slip of paper, you have a warning. And if that's all if if that was the only only problem throughout the day, then the warning doesn't nothing nothing comes from that warning.
1: Yeah, you've received a warning, it's been written down, it's been tracked, but we're not there's nothing bad happening to you.
2: Yeah, and yeah, and and it's it's very serious that nothing bad is happening to you i have been at events where players nearby who aren't used to competitive rel um events i've seen them get issued you know just a warning for a simple problem that showed up in a game and they get really super flustered and upset uh, and upset and and defensive and (laughs) i've seen some people uh drop and walk away Cool. because they've got so flustered after getting a warning because they just can't believe that happened to them. But no, no, it's fine. It's it's just a warning. They're tracked because some of these things, it is possible for a shady player to exploit them, so they have to track patterns if they exist. But it's just a warning. Don't worry too much yeah. about it. Right. If you keep screwing up the same way, it's going to escalate. <laughs> but yeah. So so, don't keep screwing up the same way.
1: Yeah, we're all right. humans. We all make mistakes. It's not like your first warning is going to be the end of the world. I, I'm pretty sure... Anybody who's played in in more than one mm-hmm. tournament has gotten a warning for something. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. And, and it, like I said, or or like the uh, like uh, Mike and Brujan have said, uh, it doesn't mean anything unless it happens multiple times. Like the, the the warning is there to serve as a you know a kind of hey that was mildly unpleasant to get a warning. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't uh, shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Where it becomes where it becomes a problem is you you keep making the same mistake. and so after certain penalties after uh, depending on which ones two or three times, the warning does become a game loss. So if you do keep making the same mistake over and over, it does become a problem ultimately. but they're actually very, very rare for that to occur.
1: I think mm-hmm. I've only ever seen that happen maybe twice it's, yeah. it, it doesn't happen
0: so. There's also uh, a penalty, uh, there's also some more severe penalties, are called game losses, those are uh, predominantly at events, at, at large events, those are going to be for tardiness. That's one of the big things at events, at these large events, is we want to keep everything moving at, at on time, because they are typically very, very long, and wasting five minutes here in this round, and five minutes here this round, can actually end up, equate to a half an hour to an hour tacked on to the end of the day.
1: Yeah, it definitely it definitely adds up. Well, for you, you may feel like your th- these 2 minutes aren't going to matter. Well, if you're the last match done and everyone's waiting on you, the you know that 2 minutes turns into 2 minutes multiplied by everyone else in the room.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's something that maybe we didn't say specifically when we were talking about, you know, paying attention for pairings going up is after pairings go up and you see where you're supposed to sit down go sit down because the round
0: because the round needs to start. Yes. Don't go to the bathroom and then go sit down because that might be too long. It might be too late. That's that's yeah, that's one of the one of the other things is is at the large events when you go and sit down uh, if you need to go to the bathroom let a judge know. Hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you're not going to... They're not going to tell you no. They're not going to tell you that you can't go to the bathroom. But what we do need to do is we need to give you the appropriate extension. You know, if you're gone three minutes, then we give you a three-minute extension. Again, non-creepy. <laughs> not true. Yeah. Although, I, I will say, there have there have been times where, you know, when someone's gone for five minutes, six minutes, you're just sort of like, okay, what? The bathroom's not that... F-
1: hope they're okay.
0: Hope, yeah, hope, <laughs> hope they're okay. And then they start taking... Uh, nine If you if you take more than ten minutes, then you you've forfeited the match. Um, so don't uh, don't don't do that. Uh, or be aware that if you if you're if you're gone from your match for that long, that is more time than we consider is reasonable that can be made up, and you're considered to have forfeited. But uh, but yeah, we we do have to time how long you're in the bathroom.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I've never thought about how creepy that is before. <laughs> oh no.
0: Right. And, and there have occasionally been times where someone's come back and I'm like, you didn't have enough time to wash your hands. I don't say that. <laughs> I don't say that, but I think it. So so please, as a player, take uh take the additional twenty to thirty seconds to
1: wash and to, dry your hands.
0: Yeah. You you have that time. I will be more than happy to give you that time. But but yeah, just <laughs>
1: awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's uh, your legacy so now, Brian. It, it it is. It's like you you. Um something else that might that might happen um is something called a repair. Uh this is rather uncommon at FNM, but is something that can happen at uh at a comp event. <laughs> well,
2: it might be well. uncommon <laughs> It, it depends on who, who the people running the tournament are. That's how common it is at FNM. Oh, <laughs> I've had some... there. I've been to places with some real knuckleheads running the computer. It's like, yeah, I entered the results wrong. Sorry, we got a repair.
1: Like, that happens okay. every once in a while, but not on a... Oh, if that's regularly occurring, I'm sorry.
2: So so let's
0: talk about what a, re, a repair is, because this is something that it's, it's more common at it's actually more common at the GPS, but the way they do the repairs are less impacting than at a PPTQ. So a, a repair happens when a match or matches needs to be changed, for the round that's just started. And typically what happens there is if a match result got recorded incorrectly or a player was dropped that shouldn't have been dropped, and we need to put them back into the event. Now, generally speaking, what we try and do is we try and match that person up with – we we try and do what's called a cascade repair, which is we really just – try and break singleton matches and inject that player back in at the, at the proper place in the, in the tournament and then just kind of shuffle a, a, you know, one or two other matches around
1: chain of people down from there.
0: Right. Sometimes though, that gets hard. And when it gets, when it gets real hard to figure that out, then you just punt and say, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do a repair. And, uh, that is, Pairings come down, new pairings go up. You're playing against potentially a different opponent, and they are
2: rather disruptive. We don't like doing them.
1: They don't happen a whole.
2: Did that happen in Atlanta a couple years ago? Uh, For a GP? Uh huh. At the sealed GP?
0: Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Normal. Normally at a GP. If they have to do if they have to do a repair, mm-hmm. it's it's either they do the cascade thing where they are able to get away at uh, affecting like uh, uh, four matches or so mm-hmm. or it's like a major Walter problem that means Walters down
2: for two hours or so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was one of those Walter slightly exploded things, not as bad as it did in Charlotte Charlotte. Yeah. But I think Walter did slightly explode in Atlanta, and you had to repair one round.
1: For what it's worth, Walter's the tournament software. Walter's not a person.
2: Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know,
0: every every GP. Walter goes to every GP, and he just sits there.
1: And gets angry.
0: And gets angry, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um,
1: well, Walter's not a person. Walter is the, the tournament software.
0: Uh, it stands for uh, Wizards Large Tournament Report. Yeah. Now at at F FNM, and M's and PPTQs, what they use is this thing called WER, uh, stands for Wizards Event Reporter. It's a different piece of software. So let's talk about. So so you're you're playing in the match. You finish. Whereas at an FNM, you might go up to the counter and report your score. Here that you're gonna have. You're definitely gonna have a match slip. Um, it's definitely gonna be. Uh, or it's gonna need to find its way up to the scorekeeper station. Hopefully, it'll find its way because you take it.
1: <laughs> take it there.
0: So, right, take it there. We we like the winner of the match to take it up. That way you have a nice walk to confirm the results are the way they should be. And there's no accusations of, oh, well, the person who lost the match changed the results on the, on the way up. It's just a little bit of extra extra uh, security there.
1: Yeah, I've never, I personally have never seen a an intentional result swap like that. I've definitely seen issues where, uh, both players have the same first name, and mm. they sign the wrong ones.
0: It, it is it is kind of funny that that the most common mistake on match slips is the the result just gets entered incorrectly, or not not that it gets entered incorrectly, it's it written down incorrectly,
1: signed incorrectly.
0: So again, I guess to recap, while while you're playing in the event, definitely call for a judge if there's a if there's a problem, if there's a concern. If you if you are a judge and you're answering a call and you're giving the player the warning and you realize that the player is getting upset maybe agitated you know uh, angry or you know starts to starts to get upset you know take a few extra moments there to, to, to de-escalate the situation calm the player down I had at a at an open in Atlanta we had a player who who got a uh, a warning and you know we actually it, it it upset the player so we actually had to take the player outside and kind of give them a few moments to to compose themselves before they could go back in and play cuz they'd never gotten a warning before it it terrified mm-hmm.
2: them mm-hmm.
0: yeah so 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 definitely be cognizant of, of that if you're if you're a judge that, that 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 is a real thing that that is a real concern that, that if you've never gotten a warning before you don't understand what what it's you know that it's it's not a like a super strict rebuke that's going to go on your permanent record. I'm um, picturing
1: someone pu- like pushing their glasses up their nose while they say that your permanent <laughs>
0: record. Yeah, this is going on your this looking at extra cards is going to go on your permanent record. It's going to follow you around. That's why judges are always pulling out their iPhones. Uh, or their phone's are in, They're they're looking they're looking up there's a file the DCI has a file on you and we're oh, look at that. You played a siege you played a siege rhino for three mana back in two thousand fifteen.
1: The siege um, rhino wasn't broken enough.
0: Right. Um so, so that's that's the thing. Don't be don't be don't be scared to, to call a judge. Now, there there are a few things that
2: and don't be scared to call a judge on yourself if you notice if you notice something you did wrong first.
0: Yep. Right. If you if you did do something wrong and you notice it and you don't call a judge to fix it uh, or you don't you don't call attention to it, that's a problem.
2: That's actually a problem. Yeah. That is. That's
0: that's gonna be that is cheating. If you you know making a making an honest mistake, it's fine. Making an honest mistake realizing it, and then just deciding that, eh, yeah, it's fine. okay. It's fine. That Siege Rhino for three mana, that's fine. They didn't notice. It's been three turns, you know. Uh, so that's definitely something not to do. There's a few other things that that, that we don't want you to do either uh, that, that might be, and I'm doing air quotes around the word okay at FNM, or it's not really okay, but it's, it's well, not it's not not disallowed.
2: Most of the ones you have written in the show notes are definitely not okay at FNM either. It's also not okay well,
1: at FNM. Well,
0: well, I, I, I said air quotes because one of the things when I'm when I'm talking to to people that want to be a level one judge and I talk about these exact things, the reaction a lot of times is, oh, well, I just tell them not to do that, and then that's the end of the conversation. Ooh. Like, oh, okay, let's so there are some very bad things uh what what are those very bad things that we don't want to happen at any level of at any level of magic
1: so things that are going to get you uh, well if people are judges are doing what they should be doing uh don't offer to roll a die to let's say i i am playing magic against brian and i say hey brian uh it, we both want to win here we both like each other but we don't want to have to to Figure out a split or anything. So let's roll a die to see who wins, and that's fair. Uh, don't do that.
0: Yeah. And, and I, we, I see this thing at, at F and M's uh, where where there's not a a, a certified judge uh, or a strong judge present. Is it's just like, oh yeah, we're just you know uh, a loss or a, a draw doesn't do either of us any good. So you know there's there's two packs on the line. So we'll just roll to see who wins, and that'll be that'll be that's the fair. person that wins. That's fair. That's that's not a good thing, uh, and that will get uh, making that sort of offer will get you disqualified from the event.
1: Yeah. Also, don't don't uh, give so- offer something uh, for a win. Like, hey, hey, Brian, I will give you my free slice of pizza if you can see to me.
0: Right. That's that. That is something that is an absolute, absolute no-no at all levels of of magic, but when you have an event that has the the more, I'm going to say, certified and established judges, um, that is something that is going to... Uh, get you disqualified from at a store where the the person behind the counter maybe isn't a certified judge uh, you do hear stories quite frequently about things along the lines of hey I'll scoop to you if you give me your fm promo right those are those are definitely definitely n- things that are not allowed and that's not allowed at any level of magic f m it's not allowed at fNm uh, but the people who are Responsible for enforcing that at F and uh, might not be aware that that's something mm. that they need to that they need to watch out for.
1: And on the flip side of this coin is if I offer these things to Brian, and either Brian is like, "Yeah, sure, okay," or yeah. I want that promo, <laughs> or says no but doesn't tell anybody. That is also a problem.
0: So from a, from a player perspective, if I'm if I'm playing against Brogan and I mm. say, "Hey," Uh, how about, you know, uh, you know, I really, I really want the planeswalker points. I want to, I want to win, uh, you know, how about like, I I give you like half, half my packs for the win. And Brogan says, no, I think I I think I can beat you or I want to beat you. So no, now I definitely offered my opponent a bribe there and I, I need to go. Brogan on the other hand, she turned down the offer. But right now, the rules say that she needs to – that she also needs to be disqualified because she didn't immediately call attention. Uh, does that, um, f- from a
2: from a player perspective, is that well known? Because uh, I don't I don't think it actually is. It is definitely not well known. And I I remember um, <laughs> Manipul Brian keeps coming up in these examples <laughs> because make- he's because he's he's the other person who regularly goes to uh, events, you know. Um, Chewy and Dirk don't do it as much, but I remember talking to him after a PPTQ and he told me, um, about, you know, near the end of the Swiss rounds, one person who we both knew made a shady statement to him. And Brian said, I really wondered about calling a judge. And I'm like, you really should have, you really should have. Um, the fact that there's also an onus on the person refusing the offer to call a judge, even if they refuse, that is not well known
1: figured that was the case and i'm i'm not sure if that was a if that's an error in how it is commonly enforced or what right so
0: so there's a lot of different reasons why that is uh why that's there um especially if you're not very comfortable um and this is this is one of the things where we we try to work into the announcements uh, uh between before the last two rounds mm-hmm uh, where we try and say like hey, if your opponent makes you an offer you need to call for a judge. We don't normally say because if you don't then you're gonna get disqualified too because that, that seems that seems to put a little bit of unnecessary pressure. but the reason why it's in the rules is a, is a, is a few reasons. One is uh, we want to catch that cheater or we want yeah. we want to catch that person that that bribed uh, bribed you and it's really easy to just say no nah, no thanks or no. No, I'm not. I'm, no, thank you. Not interested. And and if you do start to call a judge, the other person's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you doing that? Why you gotta you be that way? If you just you know, let's just play. Let's just play. It's fine, we'll play. We'll play. And it's like, no, no, no. I've got to call because if I don't, then I get disqualified, and I'm not risking myself getting disqualified because of you. the The other thing is, it's actually with some bribery. It's actually really easy to just be like. Oh no no no! I turned him down. I turned I turned him down. It's like oh well, when he winked at you, what what did that mean? It's like oh well, I mean, you know, I just winked I just winked back at him because uh, I I had something in my eye. I told him <laughs> my, I told my him no.
1: Were messed up.
0: Right. So that's 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 the other the other aspect of it is um, if your if your opponent can offer you a bribe and you can verbally turn him down. Wink. Um, <laughs> um, then, then, uh, then, really, what we've done is we've just we've just told the players that they need to learn like hand signals or, or something along those lines. Right.
1: We've just um, made them yeah. learn a new communication method.
0: So, so we want to we want to we want to give you incentive. To, if your opponent offers you a, a bribe or offers to roll, we want to give you incentive to call for a judge. We want to relieve you of the social pressure of, come on now, you know, I didn't mean to take it back. Uh, why, why are you going to be that way? That kind of thing. And then we also want to close the loophole where you can wink your way out of it and say, oh, no, I didn't. I didn't accept. No, I said no. No, I would never. <laughs> What kind of person do you think I am? Well, I, you know, <laughs> I think you're a person that, that accepted a bribe. Um, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: yeah,
2: and and really at its core, you know, bribery and collusion and you know using random events to, to determine the outcome of a match—they're so damaging to the integrity of the tournament. It has to be rooted out. There can't be any. There can't be any tolerance for it at all.
1: Right. It's it's It, it sometimes is a feel bad if somebody just had no idea. Why it was a problem, and you have to explain it, and it, it just it, it's not a fun thing to explain, but it's just such a fundamentally problematic thing that it basically has to be zero tolerance.
2: yeah, it, it's a hard rule and it's a hard lesson, but that's the rules. yeah um,
0: and then and then one other thing that we don't want you to do. Uh, that you that you may do at F and M because the stores are small, but uh, but at PPTQs and GPS and stuff like that. Once you're done with your match and you're chatting with the other with the other player, uh, or maybe you're watching another match and you're talking to one of your buddies, um, be aware that there is there are matches that are actually active right next to you, and you might be providing information to those players that would affect their.
2: Match. Yeah. Once you're done with your match, or even even before you're done, um, any match you're not participating in that's near enough to you, you're a spectator, and it's your responsibility as a spectator to not interfere with or bother the players or accidentally help the players in that match.
1: Right. If you if you give outside advice, in, like accidentally or intentionally to the folks around you, mm-hmm. that is a there's a a, an infraction for that called outside assistance, and that does come with a match loss, and that is likely not a thing that you want.
0: And, and that's a match loss to the person who was giving the advice,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not the person that the advice was given to. Like if you're just if you're just sitting there and someone and someone tells you to uh, swing with all your creatures because you've got lethal on board, um, that doesn't get that doesn't match loss you. Match loss is the person that just told you that.
1: That match loss is your your friendo there who has who gets overly excited.
0: Right. So so um and judges might be, you know, if you're if you're sitting there talking to somebody, the judge might, you know, tell you, "Hey, you're getting a little close to a bad area, you know, can you stop it. Please please be please take the judge is trying to prevent you from
2: from doing something more serious." Um, yeah, if right. if you want to chat and there are still active matches nearby, it's just better to stand up and go walk somewhere else.
1: Right. It's not. Yeah. It's not like we don't want you hanging out and talking to people about magic and enjoying your experience. It's just context.
2: Right. Yeah. People or, are still in the, middle of the game. So.
0: Or before Maybe. the before the before the match begins, you walk up and you're just like, oh, to your buddy. Oh, I played him last round. He's got a sweet black white zombies deck. Uh. That's- <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> also, yeah, don't just, you know, talk about other stuff. Talk about the talk about the Wonder Woman movie or how you're not going to go see the new Transformers because Optimus Prime is a bad guy. A you know, yeah, I'm not going to go see it because Optimus Prime is a bad guy. <laughs> At least I think he's fighting Bumblebee. Bumblebee's not the bad guy, clearly.
1: I see you have strong opinions about Transformers.
0: I do have strong opinions about Transformers. I.e., anything that's not a Generation One Transformer is garbage.
1: Well, do you have any more opinions on, thi- on things people should know about uh, competitive REL, Brian?
0: Um, if you say anything bad about Optimus Prime, uh, that's also a warning.
1: What's the uh, pe- what's I the could... infraction for that?
0: Um, it is a it is a t it is a Transformer error.
1: Yeah. Uh, a
0: Transformer error. A Transformer <laughs> error.
2: What's the uh,
1: fix
2: for that? The fix is to apologize. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah>. <laughs> 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 Will it also be considered lying to a tournament official?
0: Um, no, because you can, you can
2: be wrong. Saying bad things wrong. about Optimus Prime?
0: <laughs> no, because you can be wrong. That's not, that's not a, a penalty. It's not a lie <laughs> if you believe it.
1: <laughs> awesome.
2: Wow, that's something to think about right
1: there. Yes. Right, philosophy.
0: I mean, it it is. It's if you believe something to be true and you're wrong, uh, you're not lying. <laughs> you know, oh, vaccines cause autism. It's whoa, whoa, like, oh, you're not a you're not a liar. You're just wrong.
1: You got a lot of sass today,
0: Brian. I do, I do. It's um, it's because it's because Dunks isn't here as a mitigating influence. Um, he's
1: no, he's no one's here to rein in the sass. Right. Alright, well, I'm gonna rein in the sass by, uh... Curses foiled again. Boom! Um, yeah, I, I think that covers just about everything we wanted to say about competitive R.E.L., stuff you should know compared to regular. Yep. Is there any cool stuff going on in Magic Land that anyone should know about?
0: Uh, well, I mean, they announced a bunch of stuff last week, like, a lot of stuff, and really... And really not a whole lot of it is, is from a judge perspective super relevant. Uh the, the rotations are uh, yeah. I mean really it's just like oh drafts. There's no small sets anymore, so you don't have to worry about uh, what you the know, draft
1: format is.
0: Right. Is it is it two
1: packs of the small set
0: or one pack of the small set? Do those go first or no, it's just all big sets now. Uh, I love so that I'm
1: about, so ready for that.
0: You don't have to worry about that.
1: Um, are you ready you know, for Vraska, pirate Vraska fighting the dinosaurs
0: so I I, so uh, Mike Brogan I get your opinions on this okay mm-hmm. so someone told me that that Vraska was wearing a pirate hat mm-hmm. and and so I thought Vraska was a Gorgon which means she has snake hair she ended, actually ends up just having tentacles but I they're in not my mind I,
1: tentacles they're snake bodies
0: they're snake nubbins I mean they don't have snake heads <laughs> But so immediately my first thought was, is Vraska wearing a pirate hat or is each one of the snakes wearing a pirate hat? And it, it, it harkened back to like that meme of like, how does a dog wear pants? <laughs> <laughs> if
1: a dog wore pants, if Vraska wore a pirate hat, would you wear it like this or like this?
0: Right. How would Vraska wear a pirate hat? Because I'm actually kind of upset that they aren't snakeheads because the idea of all the little tiny pirate hats is adorable. I um, think
1: by adorable you mean horrifying.
0: I, look, you can, it's not lying if you believe you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, so there is a big announcement, uh, lots of lots of sets coming out, Masters, From the Vault Transform, uh, uh, from, the,
1: from the Vault Optimus Prime.
0: So there, uh, you can check it out, or you could listen to uh, a wonderful podcast like The Manipool, uh which just released an episode going over all of these changes.
2: Yeah, it was one of our big – um we don't have them very often, except when there's – but this was a big set of news releases, so we had a big news episode for our last one. I will say that for doing away with uh, invocations in every set, I do appreciate that, at least for the Hour of Devastation, invocations are going out on a higher note than necessarily the Cat ones were
1: yeah I agree because
2: looking at the cards they chose for hour of devastation and the art that were assigned to them, I just looking at the cards gives me this feeling of abject despair you know the world is ending and yeah. heaven was a lie
1: <laughs> I that blood moon it looks insane
2: uh-huh. the, the, that
0: is that is a really good like someone made the point that like uh all the art was was very very similar and very bleak and I start I went back and looked at it and I was like, wow yeah. That's really cool. These things would look awesome, big and blown nope. up. Uh, and
2: I, I believe
0: uh, that was uh, that was a point made on y'all's podcast.
2: Um, so I don't think any of the Hour of Devastation ones had been shown at that point. No, no. Dang. Uh, so we'll know. be talking about that on our preview up on one of our preview episodes, I'm sure. Well, I guess we'll be recording that Thursday.
1: Is there uh, any other stuff cool. you want to tell us about the show or any other? Cool stuff you want to tell tell folks about?
2: All right. Um, the Pool. we're a weekly podcast, like I said earlier, um, except for the times where we just have to take off out of necessity. Um, it's pretty easy to find us wherever you look for us. You know, themanipool.com um, on Facebook, we're the Pool On Twitter, we're the Pool. You can find the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash C slash the Pool. Um, most of the content outside of the podcast that you're going to see is just Chewy. Uh, but that's fine. He does an awesome job. Um, yeah, Chewy's the main guy and me and Brian and Dirk help out where we can and we have a lot of fun. And we're sure anyone out there would have a lot of fun to listening to us if you can get past the <laughs> length of the episodes. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I actually. Credit and and I've I've said this before
0: when I've been on been a guest on y'all's show uh, two or three times uh, and I've said it before but I want to I want to say it here in in this forum um, the mana pool was actually very instrumental in in me getting back involved in magic and ultimately becoming a judge it was uh, it inspired uh, a person in in a play group that I was in to want to do podcasting uh, which he wanted to do a podcast templated off of off of the mana pool. Uh, we did that. <laughs> I got more involved in the rules as a result of that, and it kind of snowballed into me making a wager with another one of the hosts as to who could become a judge first. So it was just kind of a, a series of, you know, uh, a butterfly flapping its wings, uh, becoming a monsoon. So really, you guys talk about magic and, and play magic the way I enjoy it which is a bunch of buddies sitting around a, a, a table, you know, playing big spells, reminiscing about other, you know, other mm-hmm. events and other decks and just like, oh, his, you know, Dirk's elf deck was, you know, from three years ago, played this card to blew me out and <laughs> stuff like that. Like, like that's, that's the kind of thing, like sitting there talking about.
2: Remember that time Corey played reflect damage and made me take 900 from my own hurricane.
0: Like... Oh my gosh. Right. It's, and it's not—it's not necessarily EDH. It's just—it's yeah. just fun kitchen table magic, and you don't have to worry about you know like what the right sideboard call, call is against Mardu vehicles or anything like that. You just—you want to play an Orox deck? Play an Orox deck.
2: I have lost to an Orox deck. It was truly special.
0: Anything else? Uh, anything they want to say or add?
1: Well, who's gonna keep it fun and fair now, right now, if Jess is not here? Like,
0: uh, who's I, fun? I think,
1: who's fair with Jess gone?
0: Ooh, that's that is a a difficult question. Um, probably you.
1: I, I'm fair or I'm fun.
0: Well, you're both.
1: I can't be you can both. Do, All right.
0: Keep it fair and fun. Well, okay, I'll keep it fair.
2: Awesome. Okay, as a representative from the Mana Pool, I'll keep it fun. Okay. And also. Uh-oh
1: keep having oh. a microphone that works.
0: Yes. All right. So uh, thank you very much for, for listening. This has been episode 175. Uh, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, really, it's iTunes. We, we know that. Uh, so subscri- uh, so please rate us five-star on iTunes. You can contact us at judgecast at gmail.com. You can uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash judgecast. You can tweet at us at twitter.com slash judgecast. You can do something at something somethingtumblr.something.judgecast.com I <laughs> think you can tumble us. <laughs> sure, and uh, Yes, you can tumble us. And you can check out our archive at judgecast.com uh, Until next time, I'm Brian Prilliman. I keep it fair.
1: Mike, that's you.
2: Oh, um, I'm Mike. I will keep it fun for now.
1: And I will keep uh, remembering that Jess will return and in- Resume keeping it more fair than Brian does. Well, Brian, maybe they'll make Pirate Braska with tiny snake pirate hats as a judge foil.
0: That would be that'd be a really sick clue alter, yeah, right? That's true. I that would Ooh. yeah, definitely. Or even all the little snakes wearing different hats. Like, like a
1: party a fire- hat snake?
0: Yeah, like one wearing a pirate hat, one wearing a party hat, one wearing like a fire uh, fireman hat,
2: uh, mm. police hat, you know. One with a traffic cone on his head.